politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight with full meaning for our life, liberty, and property here at CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here for the Ides of March, brand new month here, uh, Wednesday. And we actually mean what we say and say what we mean. Part of the problem with this conservative industry is Somehow, everything that goes in their mouth doesn't permeate the heart. And if it doesn't permeate your heart, well, then there's no action. That's what it says at the end of Deuteronomy, that the word of God is not far away from you. It's not in the heavens. It's not across the seas. It's right there for you to put in your mouth, your heart, and to actually do it. This is part of what we're up against, that conservatives are all talk, and they don't mean what they say. So this is how you have these supermajority red state areas that to this day are not doing what's right. And even when they get on to the right issue, it's just vanity. It's all for a political soap opera, talking point, distraction. It's funny, they have a talent of making a distraction of of a very important issue. So yesterday they held... That is the House Oversight Subcommittee on Coronavirus, the first committee hearing. Look, it wasn't bad, but it's all about Wuhan. Wuhan, you know, Fauci, what, you know, they they funded it. And dude, it's not so much about what happened in Wuhan. It's about what DARPA and DOD and BARDA are still doing now and still killing people. And it's not so much about the government being wrong about the origin of the virus and the measures taken for it. It's about people dying right now and people being ticking time bombs for death. And we're still not just denying it, but the shots are still being mandated in hospitals. They're still on the market. They put them in the child immunization schedule. They have ICD codes to track people for not getting it. And two... Items happened yesterday that amidst this focus, which I'm very thankful that there's finally a focus on the issue, but bizarrely, two things happened yesterday. Number one, Pfizer completed their application to the FDA for an emergency use authorization for the BA4, BA5 booster for kids under five that all had COVID, for a virus that never affected them, for a variant that no longer exists, and therefore this will create immune imprinting and negative efficacy. And we know all the death and destruction damage to the organ systems. And even Biden says the emergency's over, yet they're filing an emergency application and they will get it. Then the bigger news of the day is the FDA committee, the whatever they call that stupid thing, Starts with a V. I can never remember the acronyms. But the FDA Advisory Committee, they went and recommended, they voted 7-4 to to recommend the Pfizer RSV death shot. Despite articulating that even with their fraudulent fabricated data, which is a joke... It raises more questions than answers and has a lot of safety signals in their own data. No problem. We're going to do it anyway. 
because experiment on the public first, ask questions never, is the new paradigm. And it's not even news. This is why I need all of you guys to purchase the book for one of your um, legislators. The price has gone down. Obviously, we need help rejuvenating it. One of the lines from our closing seg- closing uh, argument in the book, those responsible are without remorse, so there must be a reckoning. Barring that reckoning, we promise you, they will make us remorseful later for not holding them accountable now. So we're just like all about pointing fingers, oh, but China, but the Democrats, but Fauci, even though it's not wrong what Marty Macri and some of these Johnny-come-latelys who testified yesterday, we need more of the Peter McCullough's Ryan Coles. I just don't like the choice of people that are being elevated as the lead opposition. They're not really articulating the right points, and they're not going after the shots properly. And meanwhile, they're still pushing them, and then on to the next thing. It's unreal. Unreal. Now, first sponsor today. Imagine you're in a scenario where we have criminals let out of jail left and right. You have Islamic nutcases let into the country for four decades now. You have all sorts of crazies. uh, Generation Z that's just off kilter. All the mental illness, all the psychos. You're in a place and a guy takes out a gun and starts shooting. How confident you are, are you, that you can make that motion and sweep your jacket, properly draw from your holster, and make your shot within that one and a half seconds. Sounds like something only a Navy SEAL could do. Nope. If you join me, and I will be out there on Sunday, April 23rd for the inaugural Patriot Academy Constitutional Defense Handgun Training, at their own new campus in Fredericksburg, Texas. Folks, this is the best five-day handgun training you will ever get. $2,500 package that they charge just $500 for the entire course. Obviously, you do have to pay for your accommodations and your ammo, but especially those of you who live in Texas, those of you who are retired, no excuses. I want to see you guys there. It would be an honor to meet all of you. Uh, who have listened so loyalty for so long. And uh, we could even strategize on politics. We talk about the Constitution at night. We shoot during the day. It is so much fun. The weather should be good at that time of year, not too hot, hopefully yet. You can register today by going to patriotacademy.com slash Daniel. Uh, spots are limited, so make sure you do that now. Uh, make your plane ticket now. You probably have to fly into San Antonio if you're flying but you could work on your markmanship, self-awareness, handgun skills, drawing from the holster, clearing malfunctions, and we're out all day. It's a lot of fun, um, but it's great training as well. So, folks, I hope to see you guys there. If you have any questions on logistics, on the details of the price and the course, you could email defense at patriotacademy.com, and one of uh, Rick Green's boys will take care of you and get that answered immediately. You could also email me at danielhorowitz at startmail.com. So again, patriotacademy.com slash daniel. So, <clears throat> folks, this is unbelievable how this is not the biggest story. It's like, oh yeah, we just killed everyone. And I mean, I could go 
every day I could review all the studies of strokes and all the ailments that it's causing, all the studies it goes into your DNA, yada, yada. There's V-safe. They're on to the next thing. And this time, despite everything we've learned from the Pfizer trials, and then you're starting to see it in their own RSV trial, they're just doing it again. And they're, they're open about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, this kills people. That's why we need to make sure we get it on the market so we could start monitoring it. They literally would say that. So, basically, this started last week with CDC's ASIP. So, CDC has an advisory committee, and then the FDA does. So, first, ASIP approves it. Then the FDA um, committee approves it. It's the Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee. Then CDC itself approves it. Then FDA itself approves it. Or maybe it's the other way around. And, you know, the FDA administrator and CDC director sign off on it. So this thing is happening. So ASIP did a whole kind of three-day affair last week on all different vaccines they're looking at. And they're all problematic. We're going to focus on RSV for today. And, you know, they, they signed off on it. No problem. No problem. Yesterday, it went to the FDA committee. Now, we talked a lot about the Moderna RSV shot for seniors, which, by the way, once they introduce it, then it will go down younger and younger, just like they did with COVID eventually, to babies. So there's a number of products on the market, and honestly, I'm confused myself. Um, so Moderna has the mRNA. Then um, GSK and Pfizer have what I think is a non-mRNA, but it's hard to tell. Version They have versions both for pregnant women to so-called confer immunity to the babies and then senior shots. So it looks like the first ones in the pipeline, I thought it was Moderna, but it looks like that will be a few months later. It's right now, it's Pfizer and GSK's senior shot. So according to the FDA's own briefing documents, and, and you'll see it's all over the media if you look for it, two people in Pfizer's RSV trial for those over 60 experience Guillain-Barre syndrome. So if you look at their numbers, it's basically a rate of 1 in 9,000. I think the background rate's like 1 in 80,000. So this is 1 in 9,000. So that's a big safety signal. Big safety signal, especially after it was totally with the COVID shots. Uh, Bell's palsy, which is similar, has almost 17,000 entries in VAERS. And, and remember, this has been one of the longstanding problems with with vaccines the 1976 uh, swine flu shot had to be taken off the market because of Guillain-Barre it's always been associated with it because not surprisingly when you just dump in and try to modify what God did a bunch of antibodies you could teach the body to create neuropathy and attack its own system so everyone agrees everyone agrees this is a big big red flag And and remember this is their own fabricated data Brooke Jackson is in court today you know, with her lawsuit suing Pfizer, what she'll tell you, and, and we have her detailed testimony in our book, that the data, even if you trust their data, which is fabricated, but the trial site 
data is fabricated. So when you tally all the numbers, it's built upon the fraud that they're not properly inputting the data. And she lists about a dozen different ways they're violating protocol, engaging in fraud, just making up the numbers. So in their own fraudulent data, if they admit to two cases of Guillain-Barre, you know it's even worse than that. So that's number one. Number two, they have a little bit behind the pipeline of the seniors, phase one, phase two that they completed late last year, not fa- I guess they're in phase three now, for 18 to 49-year-olds, among the 164 participants who were getting 120 micrograms. So that's just 164 people. One died. One person died. One participant in the 120 group died within 12 months of post-vaccination due to toxicity to various agents. Now, they said it was antidepressants the guy was on, but, you know, we don't like antidepressants, but none of those things are associated with people dying. This was a guy, I believe, in his 40s. So again, when you, it doesn't mean 100% a guy died from it, but what it does mean is if you have a guy in his 40s die in the clinical trial, you have to assume it's from the vaccine from the precautionary principle until proven otherwise, not the other way around. And that's what they're flipping on its head now. 164 people, this is not a lot. And they had one all-cause death. But Pfizer's like, no, not caused by that, no problem. And again, it's the same shot for seniors. And we have a death in the younger cohort. GSK already had to pause their RSV trial for pregnant women due to a bunch of safety concerns, but Pfizer has their thing on full speed for pregnant women, and GSK and Pfizer both have the one for seniors. According to Pharma Intelligence, it's a a name of a publication, one death occurred in the trial attributed to acute disseminated encephalomyelitis, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, 22 days after vaccination. 22 days, a pregnant woman died. So that's a young woman 22 days after GSK's shot. And that's, by the way, this from the FDA briefing document, considered by both the study investigator and FDA to potentially be related to the vaccine. But the technology is pretty similar with the one that they considered yesterday to the one they took off the market. Okay. Moreover, GSK, I'm sorry, ASIP, one of the ASIP participants, I'm quoting from Dr. Meryl Nass in her Substack, admitted that the GSK shot for seniors, but again, there's no reason the Pfizer shot wouldn't do that either. GSK is being considered as I'm speaking, can overstimulate the immune system, which is why it is only used for the elderly or immunocompromised. Like, well, wait, wait a minute. What is this business? Oh, it's only for the elderly. What do you, but once you know, it overstimulates the immune system. Again, something that we learned in spades from the COVID shot, and really now we know is a problem to an extent with a number of other shots we've been dealing with for a while. How do you go through with that? I'm reading it. It's not even that they're denying it anymore. It's like, yeah. You know, Nancy Pelosi, we have to pass the bill to find out what's in it. Yeah, we have to get it on the market so we could properly surveil it. 
So that's what ASIP did. So now I want to bring you to the FDA recommendation. First, believe me as we talk about this, while they push upon us therapeutics that are killing us, they're blocking ones that are life-saving. And in addition to that, we have the supply chain shortage. <clears throat> According to University of Minnesota, the U.S. relies on overseas for 18 of 21 critical antibiotics plus 72% of the precursor ingredients. <clears throat> this is why you have all these shortages in pharmacies now. Jace Case has you covered to get ahead of the Fourth Reich. If you go to jacemedical.com, and fill out their survey to get a prescription, you can get a Jace case. What's a Jace case? Five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use to have on hand from doxycycline to azithromycin to amoxicillin. Enter promo code REVIEW at checkout to get a discount on that order. So again, that's promo code REVIEW at jacemedical.com. Make sure you are prepared for the Fourth Reich assault on medical freedom. And, and and by the way, I'm just I apologize for my voice and my nose today. I just got a little bit of a cold, but we'll power through this. So despite all these concerns, and despite just having experienced a tsunami of adverse events from the rush COVID shots, the FDA and CDC are running full steam on things that they admit are a problem. So again, ver verbipack. The FDA committee voted 7-4 to four to 1, to one abstination, to approve the Pfizer senior shot, and any minute they'll do it with GSK. So it's interesting, by the way, with 7-4 se- to four to 1, that's pretty bad, because even all the genocide until now was unanimous. So that just shows you how bad it is. One, one of the concerns that seem to come up in the documents is that there's an interference problem with the flu shot. And we pointed this out a number of times. How is it okay to give everyone a 50 million shots? What's the synergistic effect? So I haven't looked into this, but, but the, own, the participants, they all agreed in the FDA briefing documents that there is a problem with, with it um, you know, interfering with the flu shot. And by the way, every senior who walks into a pharmacy, they're going to say, are you up on your flu shot? And then now they're going to say, are you up on your COVID shot? Are you up on your RSV shot? So even short of a full mandate, there's no enlightened consent. They're going to say, look, RSV is bad. And by the way, RSV is getting bad because everyone's immune system has vades and it's wiped from the COVID shots. But until now, outside of you know, people on their deathbed or newborn babies, a run-of-the-mill 60-, 70-year-old doesn't die from RSV. I can't remember the last time I heard that. This is from the chairman of the committee, Hannah L. Sali, microbiology professor at Baylor College of Medicine. I was left with the idea that there is interference, and whether we like it or not, the vaccine is going to be given in the fall around the administration of influenza. The chairman of the committee voted against it. Dr. Marie Griffin of Vanderbilt, another member of the committee, opposed the recommendation and raised concerns about the efficacy data among healthy patients. Meaning, her point was that so they say it's 85% effective, which, which is a joke. So Fauci himself just admitted that all of the RSV shots are garbage and they don't stop you from getting it. Well, they'll say, well, it helps against serious illness, which, of course, is a lie. 
because it's fabricated. But one of the ways that they juiced up their data is, and, and one of the committee members noted this, they picked healthy people. It was it, They were on the older side, because it's a senior trial, but they weren't people dying in a nursing home. And those are the people that they're going to slam this on. It was healthy people. Healthy people don't, I mean, a healthy 65-year-old rarely goes to the hospital with RSV. To the extent you find that, it's among newborns. That's just how it works. So it's very hard to find efficacy on anything. It was similar to, like, efficacy of the COVID shots or even ivermectin with young, healthy people. Well, they didn't go to the hospital to begin with, so you're not really going to find, you know— a, a benefit in that sense. So she brought that up. Then you had Dr. Stephen Pergam, another member who voted no. There were very stable patients, very selected to be healthy, that produced good immune responses, but were really not the ones that have the efficacy endpoints that are so necessary for decision making. So how could anyone support it? If you look at the statements of all the people supporting it, it was all predicated. They're like, yeah, we just got, we badly need and want an RSV shot. Let's just get this rolling and we'll monitor it. An unbelievable open violation of the Nuremberg Code. Dr. Adam Berger, who not only is a member of the committee, but he works at NIH, so he's a government guy. That in itself shouldn't be allowed to be on the committee. I felt that I could vote yes at this point with a heavy lean towards the real requirements of that post-market Surveillance study. Dr. Daniel Feiken said post-marketing safety surveillance will be critical. But then he voted for it anyway. Literally turning it on its head. Yeah, post-marketing is, is critical. They say this literally as the same Pfizer maker to this day just admitted in a FOIA, no, not a FOIA, but an email correspondence that they don't have any data on pregnant women, yet it's being mandated on pregnant women at OBGYN offices, patients, and in healthcare settings to this very day. Two and a half years into it, no data. I mean, we do have data. It's causing sterilization. But even in their mind, they're fraudulent data. To this day, even though FDA demanded it, they don't have their post-marketing surveillance study on subclinical myocarditis. And yet, it's still mandated, still on the market, still being getting emergency use approval for kids who are never in emergency now that the emergency is over for everyone. You understand there's no benign or innocent explanation for this. This is the point we bring out in the rise of the Fourth Reich. They're doing it again, right under our eyes. And how you could say, oh, we'll rely on pharmacovigilance. What are you talking about? To this day, you dismiss VAERS and VSAFE from CDC that showed a Holocaust level of death and injury. And they knew it right away and ignored it. After everything we've been through, oh, yeah, 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 you know, I know there's problems, but let's get this rolling and we'll we'll see what happens. Post-marketing surveillance will be critical. That's literally what they said. That's kind of a synopsis of what happened there. And again, where is the legislation to repeal 
the indemnity, the PREP Act, to subject them to liability. It's the only way to do it. And at a state level, three things need to happen. Number one, number one, obviously no mandates ever. Number two, any shot that is not subject to liability must, must not be recommended or promoted, much less mandated, by the State Department of Health. And if they do, they're on the hook for liability, right? So a state cannot override the feds on liability for Pfizer, but they could put liability on anyone on the state government, and they could put it on anyone caught mandating it like an employer. And number three is you need a committee of diverse opinions with zero relation to the government or manufacturers kind of like what DeSantis set up to do their own backstop safety net to look over the shoulders of CDC and FDA and NIH and say, we are not going to recommend these new shots in the States. So those are your action items. But notice no one talks about action items to the extent they'll talk about the uh, algae, China virus. This is the U.S. doing it. You don't have to trust me and my research on, oh, what they knew and when they knew it. What's more compelling is what they're doing right now, despite everything we see and know. Oh, yeah, of course it kills people. Therefore, we're going to promote it. They didn't even deny this. Let me, let me get you a story that to me brings out the difference between believers and unbelievers and just talkers. There is a doctor that all of us should be rallying behind unanimously. Dr. Kirk Moore. He, he, you know, all conservatives are like, yeah, this shot is ineffective. I mean, most conservatives, ineffective and it kills people. Well, if you believe that, you have an obligation to act. And we're talking about a le legislative level, a legal level, but there's also at the civilization level if you're a doctor. There's this story about, um, you know, what's his name? Dr. Kirk Moore, he's a plastic surgeon in Utah. And he's being brought up on federal charges, conspiracy to defraud the U.S., conspiracy to convert, sell, convey, and dispose of government property, and conversion, sell, conveyance, and disposal of government property and aiding and abetting. We know there were people who did this privately throughout the country, where basically you would go to their doctor's office and they would plunge something into the toilet and give you documentation that you got this serial number shot, but really you didn't get it. And, it, and, and the media, the government, makes it sound so, so uh, terrible. So terrible. What a fraud and a crazy guy. Why shouldn't that guy be the biggest hero around? From 1% of what we know to be true about this shot. He should be a hero. And, and I want to make it clear, we're not talking about a guy that was concerned for his patients against their knowledge, meaning they wanted to get a shot, and he was like, I don't want to kill them. I'm going to give them saline. That in itself, there's what to talk about and debate the ethics of that. But that's not what the guy did. The patients wanted that. They paid him to, to you know go through the process they're like, we don't want the shot. Could you help us out? So he didn't defraud them. He defrauded the government that defrauded us. 
with genocide. How is this not got, guy not eligible for a Medal of Honor? I need, by the way, I need a Utah team leader. We have people signed up. But this is an action item. The state legislature needs to pass a resolution supporting him. Now, ultimately, this is a federal prosecution. We need Mike Lee and people like Chris Stewart and some of these other congressmen from Utah. They need to fight in the budget bill to defund this prosecution in the U.S. Attorney's Office. That's what needs to happen. How is this guy not a hero? After everything we know now, and really knew at the time, how is he on the hook for criminal penalties and not them? This is the point of our book. Like, we're like, yeah, let's move on from COVID. What do you mean move on? The criminals are continuing to push this stuff on us, and doctors are continuing to be prosecuted. Dr. Henson and Mary Tally Bowden are being attacked by the Texas Medical Board, Red States. If we really believe in what we say, shouldn't this guy be a hero? And yet no one will touch this. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. But again, I think you can make the case, you know, he would have been protecting people by not giving it against their will. But this was with their will. And another thing is they make a big deal. This guy's a grifter. Dude, he charged 50 bucks to go through um, the process and his time and the risk. It wasn't worth the 50 bucks. He's a plastic surgeon. They do pretty well. I forget how many people were involved in this, but you multiply it by $50, it was a few thousand bucks. For someone who earns that much money, I mean, it's nothing. The AMA Code of Ethics. When physicians believe a law violates ethical values or is unjust, they should work to change in law. In exceptional circumstances of unjust laws, ethical responsibilities should supersede legal duties. If this is not exceptional circumstances, I don't know what is. I don't know what is. We now have a study that there's a 25% increase in stroke consultations coinciding exactly with the take-up of the shot. Okay? We know it's in the blood. We know it's in the DNA. Heck, France's health authorities are no longer recommending the COVID shots. Did you know that? Came out two days ago. France is ahead of the red states, except for Florida. So we need to be like Dr. Moore. Not just run away from him, but defend him. What is it going to take? It's like we act like, it's kind of just about gotten into Fox News where you could kind of talk about vaccine injury. But again, even when they get to the issue too little too late, it's always just in a political way, not in laying down on the tracks. Oh, if I would have been there, I would have saved the Jews from the Nazis. No, you wouldn't have. Give me a break. You would have gone along with it. Everyone's a big hero. And then when it comes to it, oh, no, you can't do that. It's the same thing we talked about with the Constitution. It's like we always say this is unconstitutional. That's unconstitutional. Okay, then then you have an obligation in the red state to not not just not abide by it, but block it. Oh, no, Daniel, the Constitution says you can't follow the Constitution. No. I mean, look how bad this is. This is from um, uh, the Daily Skeptic. 
The mRNA COVID vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna contain billions of particles of self-replicating DNA that may turn human cells into long-term factories for the COVID-19 spike protein, a study has found. The result is thought to shed light on the persistence of the vaccine spike protein and mRNA in the body for months following inoculation, a worrying phenomenon, which has not so far been fully explained. Persistence of spike protein is believed by experts to be a contributor to adverse effects of the shots. The discovery was made in the first deep sequencing of the mRNA products carried out by Dr. Kevin McKernan of um, Medicinal Genomics and his team. This was very carefully done. They found that the vaccine uh, vaccines are contaminated with significant quantities of biological agents known as plasmids. Plasmids are small circular DNA molecules that can replicate in bacteria, including bacteria found inside humans and also in human cells when the plasmids are suitably modified to be used as a genetic engineering or gene expression vehicle, as in this case. The vectors found in the mRNA shots contain the DNA that codes for the mRNA that produces the spike protein. So the DNA codes for that mRNA that produces the spike. A cell that has taken in these plasmids, so you have, let's say these plasmids get to a cell anywhere in your body, they may be able to produce spike protein indefinitely. This is a very big finding. Moderna shot was found to contain one plasmid per 3,000 mRNA molecules, while the contamination in Pfizer was 10 times greater. It was 1 in 350. The safe level for such double-stranded DNA contaminants is set by the European Medicines Agency as the equivalent of one part per 3,000. So they're below that, that threshold. Moderna's may be right around it. Pfizer's over it by a factor of 10. It equates to billions of antibiotic-resistant plasmids injected per person per shot. Billions of these contaminants per injection is likely an underestimate of the entire burden of these plasmids can self-replicate in bacterial hosts. Um, and... Dr. Anthony Brooks, professor of genomics and health data science at the University of Leicester, told the Daily Skeptic the DNA vector molecules from which the mRNA is transcribed is a stable entity and it is shown to be present at non-trivial levels in the vaccines. It will therefore presumably get into bacteria, human cells throughout the injected person to be potentially transcribed into mRNA and cause long-term expression of, of spike. And, and again, this could be one of several reasons why you're seeing an acceleration, not deceleration of excess deaths, despite the fact that very few people are getting shots. Heck, France is now no longer recommending them for anyone. There are no words to describe the degree of Holocaust. There is no precedent in all of humanity for what was done in this by a mile. They're still doing it. They're still mandating it. They're doing the same thing right now with RSV. And we don't have men on the field to focus on what? I'm going to sound like a broken record. The issue that matters in the way it matters at the time it matters. It's all vanity. All vanity. I'm fighting for conservatism. What a bunch of fools. I mean, they say it out and opened. There's so much news now. They're, they're starting on their... Uh, um, their... 
investigation in Scotland of all these neonatal deaths that they're experiencing. And we talked about this before, but those of you who haven't heard this, it's unbelievable. They automatically ruled out the vaccine. They're not, in, that's not part of the investigation. Now you might think, oh, well, oh, they ruled it out. They must have found based on the timing. And did, no, 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 that's not what they said. Um, they said, Public Health Scotland said its consultants had given careful consideration to the potential benefits and harms of carrying out such an analysis as part of the probe into the death of 39 infants, but concluded against doing so because you might think there's no, there's no real evidence of a relation. No, it was not possible to identify a scenario that would have, that would have resulted in a change to public health policy or practice, given that vaccination policy was already appropriately informed by a good quality population level evidence and safety data. In a statement, PHS added that there was also a risk that identifying the vaccination status of the mothers, even at an aggregate level, so you're not pointing to Joan, Kathy Smith, no, just aggregate level, would result in harm to those individuals and others close to them through actual perceived judgment of the effects of their personal vaccination. Furthermore, the outcomes of such analysis, while being uninformative for public health decision-making, had the potential to be used to harm vaccine confidence at the critical time. So they're saying that, hey, buddy, we don't care if this did or didn't cause the deaths. We don't care how many people this killed. We're not ending the shots. It will not change our public health decision-making. So therefore, all you're going to do by the, with this is risk and no good because you're going to get people to have lack of confidence. Could you imagine they're saying, oh my gosh, we better investigate this because if it's causing a problem, we're going to take it off the market. They're like, no, we're not going to take it off the market. It's, it, imagine Joseph Mengele strapping people down in Auschwitz. That's literally what they're doing and they're open about it. Yeah. It, it, always, it reminds me kind of like in, in last decade, you had this business every time uh, Hamas would blow up you know, some joint in Israel and kill people. So the media and the and the you know global governments would be like we we're concerned. How is this going to affect the two state solution? This cannot be allowed to derail a two state solution. It was never a matter of well, maybe that's the problem. No, we're going to engage in genocide. We just don't want the results of the genocide to be made public, so people don't start clamoring for a policy change. Same thing here. We don't want to know how many people this killed because we're doing it anyway. <laughs> so we don't need to speculate, oh, did they do this on purpose? Did they know it? That speculation, if they stop this iteration, these shots and other shots in the pipeline, they're continuing it. So of course it's on purpose. They say it's on purpose. This is part of the problem we have now is that what they do is so crazy and maniacal that we sound crazy just pointing out what they're doing and saying. But it's not our fault. Like, what do you want? I know it's crazy. There's a whole article I put out on Twitter. The UN just published something on blocking the sun out with sulfur dioxide for global warming. You know, when people are saying, what is all this stuff in the sky? It's not jet fuel, you know, from commercial planes because it's much wider. If you look at it, it's not that. What is it? And who's doing it? I don't know exactly what it is and who's doing it. 
I don't know that issue so well, but what I do know is it's not natural and something is being done and it ain't good. So one of the theories is that they're spraying chemicals that, you know, to, to, to tamper with the climate. I don't know if it's true or not, but what I do know is they're openly talking about wanting to do it. So, you know, maybe we ought to look into the fact that maybe they are doing it because they say they want to do it. It's totally out in the open. They believe in their stuff. Why don't we have a side that believes in our stuff? And by the way, connected to all this, as you listen to all this today, Daily UK Daily Mail, CDC says it's in a posture of readiness amid fears of H5N1 bird flu poised to jump to humans and reveals, da-da-da-da, there are several vaccines and drugs in the works. Fear not, we are ready. We are ready. Spreading in places like Cambodia now, going out. Now, hopefully this doesn't have the ability to spread from human to human very easily. Even if it does spill over, pray to God. But not because of they're not trying. More than 50 million birds worldwide have been struck down and killed by the virus itself, while governments have collectively called more than uh, 200 meters to curb the virus's spread. Um, and they are working now on several drug and vaccine candidates have already been highlighted. And he expects them to provide strong protection. The sequence analysis that we're doing currently indicates that most of these strains, our antiviral treatments would be very effective. And so over 99% of them would be a good candidate to be mitigated by antiviral treatments. And then we have candidate vaccine viruses for this strain. And it was added to manufacture and given to manufacturers in early 2022. The candidate vaccine virus and then mink H5 are 100% identical for the part of the matters, HA1. So folks, it's off to the races. Like many of you have been so gracious to write in the reviews of our book, there is no greater book than The Rise of the Fourth Reich at this point. We cannot live without this. If, If they are going to create viruses, block the treatment for it, and then create even worse vaccines to throw upon us, and then create a surveillance-mandate apartheid state to enforce it and indemnify them of liability, you tell me something more important. And then millions die just in the short term, and every study we see on the long term of mRNA indicates something extremely darker in the long term. And it's not even a footnote in conservative media. In these legislatures. It's all about fun students, not systems. That's a civil rights issue. Like, even if you agree with that, really? Like, that's more important than this? Sucking out all the oxygen of all these legislative sessions. You now have in Iowa, Jason Schultz on the State Government Affairs Committee in the Senate. They basically reached a deadline. No action on COVID emergency powers, election fraud, Religious liberty bills that were stuffed in that thing. Kim Reynolds won't lend her, lend her support for a single one of these. But she's an amazing because she supported the astroturfed Sam Walton Foundation, Jeb Bush, school vouchers. That's, uh, that's everything. 
something's not right about the imbalance of that. I don't care. I mean, generally, if the bill is written okay, I'd support it. But I'm not going to allow that thing, just like with abortion, to obfuscate the fact that these governors are screwing us on every other issue privately, but they're big heroes for the school vouchers. I'm sorry. We have to start believing things, not just passing things around. Ooh, look what the Democrats did. This is a great story. What are you going to do about it? And you guys are being amazing. There's articles being written all over the country now, how you have this insurgency and all these bills being introduced that are terrible. And mind you, almost none of them are passing. But you got to start somewhere. And the, and, and the, the theme of this session, thanks to our teams, is that we at least got the right bills introduced. And it takes, unfortunately, you know, it takes time. Next session, we'll pass them. We'll work on getting stronger. But you got to start somewhere. And it is shaking up the system. We'll have a special guest on tomorrow to talk about South Dakota. What's going on there with the Freedom Caucus. Um, we're being screwed on everything. And by the way, it's not just that medical freedom. I mean, literally, what's more important than introducing bioweapons into people killing millions of people? Like, immediately and then long term. Nothing. But the same playbook is being used for energy, for food, and for money. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. Central digital banking, digital currency passing out of South Dakota. Not blocking it, facilitating it. Pass the House, can pass the Senate today. Christy Nome's going to sign it. You got the carbon capture. All this stuff going on. But we have no forces on the ground to fight it. Students, not systems. But again, the lesson is you get what you fight for. Abortion. I mean, abortion's a big deal. That's a holy grail for the left. To overturn Roe v. Wade, relative to everything that Republicans and Republican judges have done, that's like light years more ballsy than anything they've done. Why is that out of sync with everything else they've done. Because we have a movement that believes in it and is willing to fight for it. The results show. But we got to get it on some of the other issues that actually matter more at this time. After listening to today's show, what could be more pro-life than this? That you're going to have every person be hit up by their doctors and pharmacies even before we get to mandates. You, you better get this RSV shot. Oh, sure, okay, I want to be protected. And they don't know any of this. How many people know about what was said in that FDA briefing? Nobody. Nobody's going to know that. I wouldn't have known that even following this issue, if not by accident. You know how crazy this is? Dr. Merrill Nass, who wrote the report on last week's CDC ACIP meeting, she didn't even know that the FDA was doing a follow-up this week. I called her up and was like, hey, do you know this is going on? And, you know, she, she's obviously busy with her own Fourth Reich. She's being prosecuted for treating people, losing her license in Maine. So she's a little bit busy. But folks, never forget, amidst all this data that will go back and forth and promote, never forget the most important data set ever. In the six-month all-cause mortality follow-up, of Pfizer's own original Phase three trial published in the New England Journal of Medicine, 
This is just through, through March 2021. 20 deaths occurred in the vaccine group. 14 occurred in the placebo group. And that was supposed to be 95% effective against the thing that was ravaging and taking years off of, of, of life. How did that happen? That was known from day one. And I would argue the 2014 spread, it got much worse as time went on. That was for those first few months when maybe, possibly, you had some efficacy against critical illness for the original strain. Remember, I'm I'm willing to admit that might have been true, but it's worse than zero efficacy because that's it's the waning suboptimal antibodies that create in the long run the death curve of negative efficacy of COVID itself before you even get into the other adverse events that kill people. So that's actually distorted. That's when it's at the peak of its efficacy and when you only have the short-term damage. As time goes on and the long-term damage amounts and the negative efficacy to COVID, it's much worse than the 2014 spread. But that is directly in their data. By the way, out of the, the those 34, 11 in the vaccine group were cardiovascular compared to just five in the placebo. So again, that shows you that a good amount of that wasn't just, you know, you, you have 30,000 people in a trial, you know, over the course of six months, people will die. We all agree to that. But that is that is the red flag from day one. By the way, uh, Dr. Andy Boston put this out. Interestingly enough, a lot of you have asked me about Novavax. Well, it's not a spike protein. Uh, no, it is a spike protein. It's not a MR, mRNA. It's not just the mRNA. It's, they're all a problem. So they had this, and I think this is just three-month follow-up. So over time, it's going to be much worse. But similar thing, no all-cause mortality benefit. 30,077 people. The mortality rate, I believe it was three months. The mortality rate was 0.06 in the placebo group and 0.07 in the vax group. So slightly more, not statistically significant, but certainly no all-cause mortality there. No all-cause mortality benefit. So there we are. Just want to end off with, with some action items here to, to promote. Um, Legislative Bill 642, LB, that's what they call it in Nebraska, it protects National Guardsmen from any form of discrimination. So even though they're being let back in, they're being discriminated against in multiple ways, this bans all of that discrimination. And you might think, well, Daniel, that's the military, that's federal. No, but a state guard should be under the auspices of the governor and the legislature. So we need that in every state. A bill to protect the guardsmen, LB 642. Um, we have Texas Senate Bill 1024 would codify protections established by Governor Abbott's order against mandates, but he never properly enforced it, put it into law, um, prohibiting, you know, all um, employer COVID-19 mandates and both government and employer mandates on masks and vaccines. 
So categorical Senate Bill 1024, Senate Bill 1025 would freeze the current vaccination schedule so no new ones could be added on. We had a similar bill in South Dakota that was struck, that you know didn't succeed. We have SB 1026, which would prohibit employers, government schools, and colleges from requiring proof of of vaccination and would prevent licensed facilities from from prioritizing or discriminating against patients and for treatment based on that. Um, we have Idaho. Actually, good news. Idaho SB 1029 was signed into law. This is the bill that barred Child Protective Services from using vaccination status to initiate an investigation to parent like, oh, you're neglectful because you don't vaccinate them or it cannot be used to determine parental rights based on, you know, your choice of that. That went the distance. Governor Little did sign it. And this is a great example of how, you know, I don't like when conservative legislators are often like, well, the rhino governor won't support it. That might be the case, but that shouldn't be an excuse for trying building momentum because once in a while, the case will be so compelling. Brad Little would have never supported something like, like that to begin with, but he didn't have the guts to veto it. So that is law in Idaho. Um, very, very important. Very, very important there. So folks, there is so much more going on. But it's 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 amazing that even when they focus on COVID now, and the, even the vaccines a little bit, it's not forward-looking, addressing what's actually happening, where it's headed, and what we need to do about it. That is what sets our book apart from every other book written on COVID, and really every other issue, because again, establishing that understanding of what government's doing and will do and did and what we need to do about it on medical freedom applies to every other aspect of the Fourth Reich Great Reset, from food to energy, which we're covering, and tomorrow we're going to get into central digital banking currency. Um, you know, because again, well, you know, just like you could trap us into viruses, block the treatment for it, they could trap you into a system of central currency, block other currencies, and you're screwed now. If you don't do what we say, we'll we'll dock your allotment ten thousand dollars a year. You can't fill up your gas. You can't buy guns. So we need to get ahead of these issues. It's an utter disgrace at how little has been done in the state legislatures. Um, truly, truly a disgrace. But you know what? We wouldn't have even gotten what we did on the map if not for you guys. So sign up at conaction.network. The email is danielhorowitz at startmail.com. The Twitter is at rmconservative. I'm also on Telegram at COVID, or no, no, C19 Truth Bombs. Uh, and again, let's keep the momentum. You know, we're losing obviously some steam, but we, you know, no, no major show will have us on. So we need you guys to double down. The book is discounted now on Amazon. It's cheaper there than anywhere else. Uh, they're smart about it, but, you know, it's good for the consumer, at least for this book. So if you can organize with your uh, team of activists to get as many state legislators and congressmen to get this book into their hands, make sure you get it at the libraries. Folks, let me know what you feel needs to be covered, what you feel is a civilization-changing issue that is urgent 
We need our own emergency use authorization plans. Let's get on it. Let's stay empowered. Let's stay truthful. Let's stay knowledgeable. And let's get this done. Thank you.